Hello once again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex. I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, what do you have to us from the news desk this week, sir? Making his WWE return. Moro Ronaldo. Yes, and... Showed up at NXT. No, he w- Yeah, he's going to be the new lead announcer on NXT. And- so, I, I don't think this is a good fit for him. No, it's a fine fit for him. Look, he, he's a huge pro wrestling fan. This was his dream. His dream was to be a pro wrestling announcer. He's a boxing announcer. He's an MMA announcer. He's going to be calling the Mayweather-McGregor fight here in a few months. He's the Bellator MMA announcer. But his dream was to always be a pro wrestling announcer. So I'm happy for him that he will get... Because this is the big leagues. Whether on every metric, the WWE, NXT, the WWE properties, that's the major leagues. And so if you want to be an announcer in this business, there's no place... There's no higher rung. This is the top of the ladder. The problem I have with it is that when a company treats you like they treated him, kicking him off SmackDown. Yeah. Now, the bullying stuff with JBL, those are allegations that have never really been discussed. Morrow has never discussed what exactly went down. The company's never discussed it. In fact, they say it never happened. But something happened. You don't just disappear. Yeah, you don't just walk off a walk off a show and You're not just sitting at the desk one week and then the next you're gone with without- no without some reason to be a mental health advocate which he is and to say to people you know take care of yourself do do the right to me it almost feels this is a very bad analogy but i'm gonna make it it feels like when an abused housewife returns to her abusive husband yeah that's what it feels like to me now that he's not gonna be working with jbl no vince isn't in their ears on nxt so he's gonna be in a separate thing but if a company treated me like that morrow has plenty of other options he has tons of other jobs he has plenty of income coming his way right but if a company treats me like that and whether you want to say it or not SmackDown is a is a top tier is is a higher tier than NXT. NXT isn't even on television. NXT is right. on the network. Right. I wouldn't return to a company that treated me like that, Patrick. No, it's. Uh, I feel like you've worked at a company that treated you poorly. Yes. You had a a workplace incident. Yes. And you were treated very poorly after that. Now, would you ever go no. go back to them? No, not at all. I would not. I never would. Even if it He's, was your dream to work at the company. Yeah, no. There would have to be some some apologies or something. But even then, there'd have to be some some ground rules. There's a lot of stuff would have to be set in place for me to go back. It would not be just a, uh, oh, okay, and willy nilly go back with yeah no water under the bridge. Yeah. I'll be right back. Right. And this company, you know, has made peace with many burnt bridges in the past. I mean, Warrior a few years ago, Sable sued this company, sued the company, and then showed up, you know, a few years later on SmackDown. Yeah. So they go back. If it's me personally, if I am wronged, I'm just one of those people that if you wrong me to such a degree, that's it. You're just dead to me. Right. And I'm not going back. Right. And so I'm happy for Moro. I think he's a very talented announcer. But I just think this sends the wrong message to people. I just think this sends the wrong message to anybody that is wronged by a company or a person or anything that you should just let it go. Some things you can let go. Some things you can't. And I, so that's the only right. qualm I have with this. But I'm, I'm very happy for him. I think I'm happy to see him go back and do wrestling. But there are so many other ventures out there. TNA. He could go to New Japan. New Japan. He could go to Lucha Underground, for that matter. There are so many other places that he could go to 
without having to sell out, and I don't really think it's selling out. I'm just saying, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. It's Yeah, exactly. I think that he and Nigel McGinnis will make a great team on NXT. I mean, Moro knows the names of the wrestling moves, you know. He's not right. a what-a-maneuver guy, you know. He's not a, oh, look at that guy. He actually knows moves. He knows the wrestlers' histories. He's very knowledgeable. He's and- the next, he's the He's this generation's good old JR. Yeah, he's he's the next best thing. I mean, he's and, way more knowledgeable than a Michael Cole or anybody oh, else. Yeah. So. And I think that that might be a jealousy issue on behalf of some of the other guys, such as oh, J- I think JBL that, and Michael Cole. I and, think that probably had a lot to do, especially if the allegations between what went, whatever went down between him and JBL, I largely feel is probably fueled by, yeah, jealousy on JBL's part, but. That's all speculation. Right. It's all water under the bridge now. Everything's perfect. Everything's happy in WWE land. So uh, congrats tomorrow for uh, living the dream, man. I mean, uh, if this is what you want, congrats. The hardcore legend, Mr. Pogo, died. And so uh, I don't know much about Mr. Pogo. but I've uh, only seen clips of him in death matches. I don't so know So you're much. a death match fanatic. I'm not a death match fanatic, but I've seen some uh, like CZW Tournament of Death stuff. So Mr. Pogo was a legend in FMW, which is uh, oh, really? uh, the Japanese yes. hardcore promotion where uh, Mick Foley and Terry Funk would go over and do matches. So. Okay, so he was, okay. I probably have seen his matches then and didn't realize it. Had a very long career, started in 1972 in New Japan, and uh, actually wrestled on a full-time basis until 1996, uh, then would do sporadic appearances up until last year. Uh, Lived to be 66 years old, and he died while having back surgery. Wow. Uh, So, yeah. One of those freak things. Yeah, he was having back surgery... His blood pressure dropped, and he died of what they called a cerebral a cerebral infarction. Yeah, a blockage to oxygen in the brain. So yeah, almost yeah, almost like a hemorrhage. So there you go. Sixty six years old, Mr. Pogo, a uh, legendary hardcore wrestler. Yeah, uh, passes away sadly. Sixty six. So. Yeah, if you if you want to learn more about Mr. Pogo, I would uh, suggest reading like uh, the Wrestling Observer newsletter. They'll have a they'll have a huge article about him probably next week. Yeah, a lot of people are upset at Money in the Bank in regards to and congratulations with your pick by the way. You I got are, them both. You are dead on. But I don't think it wasn't exactly. I wasn't going out on a limb. A lot of people had these two picks. Yeah. So yeah. You you knocked it out of the park, called your shot, whatever. James, oh, James Ellsworth for getting involved and saying that that was breaking the rules. But no, for once I agree with JBL. The night of the broadcast, he said there are no rules. <laughs> it's a no DQ. Think of the ladder matches we've gone back and saw. We saw Rhino throw. Rhino Christian. carries Edge on his shoulders. Yeah, to it get was Edge or Christian. I can't remember, but yeah, carries him up there to get it. Kane has helped people get this briefcase. There are two things that people are upset about online about this match. Number one, you mentioned the rules that the person, apparently the participant, is now supposed to be the one to get it. Well, guess what? That doesn't always happen. Well, it's actually this was the first time that. A participant hasn't unhooked the briefcase. They have been aided in getting it. This is the first time that someone just unhooked it and tossed it to the guy. 
there's no rules in these yeah. matches. Yeah. So I don't understand why they can sit there and scream about, sorry, they exposed a, a flaw in the match. Yeah. Big deal. And, and Get over it. I was talking with with James Ellsworth, uh, who's a friend of mine, and James was uh, James was going on and on. He's like, I don't know why people are so upset. You could have saw this coming a mile away. And I was like, I agree. <laughs> so I don't see why in the hell you couldn't have, you know, yeah, I agree. Now, I, I think the, the issue that they're more upset about. Now, I, I, see, I kind of see their point on the second issue. Now, before the match aired, they aired this huge promo piece. Oh, the history of women's wrestling. <laughs> the history. And it's Moolah and Mae Young. And then for some reason we skip forward and it's Jacqueline. And then it's Trish and Lita. Yeah, and, we, we uh, forgot Wendy Richter and all that. We, we just, I think they did mention did they, Wendy Richter. Did they Mindy? Okay. Uh, yeah, so they mention, they go through this high, oh, this what a historic moment for women. Women, women, women. This is our time. But then they had a man <laughs> climb up and grab the briefcase. Now, that wouldn't be a big deal had they not, to me, that wouldn't have been a big deal had they not aired a promo right before that, make turning this into some historic, <laughs> historic landmark in women's history. Right. And For all females everywhere, this was their moment. Especially if you're a wrestling fan. Because a Hell in a Cell wasn't good enough, apparently. Right. And, you know, so. Um, now you've got to have a, a Money in the Bank And so it match. looks like. And so I still think it was very well done. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I think it was great no, and I think entertaining. It was fi- I think it was fine. Now, I it was fine. I don't see I don't see the problem in any of it. I don't think that him climbing the the thing and I don't think it's some kind of statement about holding women down or anything. He's just her manager and he he got involved. He got involved. Now, what I feel is kind of bullshit though is that, you know, they so on SmackDown, they say, oh, no, that can't stand. So now we've got to do it again. That's bullshit. Yeah. That doesn't happen in any other match where no. there's shenanigans. Do they come on there and say, oh, that title win? Yeah, there was some interference, so we're just going to take that away from you now. And we're yeah. going to do it next week on SmackDown. And it also makes people that bought the network for this. I, I doubt there were a lot of network subscriptions just for Money in the Bank pay-per-view. <laughs> But what did you fucking pay for? Because yeah. now it's going to be on free TV. You wasted next week. your time trying to watch it because it was now it's on. Yeah, like you said, it's going to be on, on free TV. And I bet I would venture to say it's going to have the same fucking result. Yeah, the exact same result. Carmella will win. Yeah, except this time she'll unhook the briefcase, or he'll throw Whoop her. He'll do. throw her on his shoulders and climb up there and have her to hilarious. Whatever. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. But, but I you can't, it. and you can't retroactively add rules to a match that doesn't have rules. It's a ladder Here's, match. You can't. There, there's no disqualification. You you can't toe the line on. Oh, well, that's not okay. No, it's no disqualification means no disqualification. Anything goes. First one to climb the ladder wins. First one to get a hold of whatever it is, whether it's a title, a briefcase, contract, whatever. First one, first participant in that match to grab that and pull it down to the ground wins. The participant was on the ground and had the briefcase in her hand. Match is over. <laughs> yeah. Now, how it got down there doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. 
Doesn't fucking matter. So, <laughs> so I just go back throughout history and just imagine if they did this to other matches. Like, okay, WrestleMania 14. Sorry, Stone Cold, you don't get the belt because Mike Tyson punched HBK in the face, so we're gonna have to take that belt from you. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, Sean. I know you won the Hell in a Cell match against the Undertaker, but Kane interfered, so we're gonna have to do that match over. Yeah. You, you can't just retcon is what I you can't just redo yeah that's part of wrestling is getting fucked over yes and it happens and so I just think it's bullshit that they have now decided for the first time in wrestling history to say we're gonna redo this and give it away on free TV we're gonna redo a no DQ match that had a DQ that someone interfered in <laughs> I don't know okay anyway moving on yeah in zone casts have broke up, and people are very upset. Well, I don't know what they're upset about. Because I don't either. I think this is actually going to help Big Cass. Oh, definitely. But uh, Enzo, uh, I had started uh, looking in the classifieds, buddy, because uh, I don't know, they man. They don't have any plans His, his for mouthpiece, him. though, he's he's a great mouthpiece. He's a great mouthpiece, but who are you going to pair him with right now? I, d- I can't think of anybody on the roster, because he since he's the little guy, yeah. He has to be with a big guy. I just don't know who is out there for him right now. I mean, can you imagine Enzo? My name is Enzo Amore, and this right here is Braun Strowman. Or, I just can't imagine or, or him Kane. being... <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> this right here this is This right here is the big red machine. <laughs> and he's the mayor of Knox County, and you can't teach that. <laughs> I just don't see... I don't know what's left for this guy. I don't either. It's sort of like when they broke up the New Age Outlaws. It's like Road Dog. He's just lost. He's just lost yeah. in the shuffle. Yeah. and, and I feel sorry for and him. I have, and that's when I he have had, no point saying this. I feel like Road Dog was the better athlete out of the... Oh, out of my both. God. <laughs> so, I, I do. I really do. I think Road Dog's a more entertaining pro wrestler. A better athlete? No. But he was fun to watch in the ring. It's sort of like Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, not a good wrestler. Fun to watch in the ring, though. And that's what Road Dog was to me. The shake, rattle, and roll, the juking and jiving and all that stuff. Yeah. It's fun to watch. Terrible wrestler, though. <laughs> but that's the same thing with Enzo. He, he's a great talker. He's a great mouthpiece. But in the ring, well, as they say, and then the bell rings. And yeah. it's just... There's nothing there. I send him to SmackDown. Pair him with uh, Mojo Rawley. There's a good. There's a good couple of dopes for you there. I think that's a good pairing. That that's the only. I, I don't know what else to do with Enzo. Wow, he's reached that low that you would pair him with Mojo Rawley. <laughs> Damn. I I just don't know what to do with the guy. That tear that he shed that was real because he <laughs> he, he knows that his that career, was his career. <laughs> His career was was dis- he was going through the barbershop window. He is Marty Jannetty. It's there's no you'd have to take him off TV, get him a haircut, totally repackage the guy. And even then, the best he's going to do is be on 205 Live. There's just nothing. I would turn him manager. But just for who though? I mean, I would turn him manager and I'd put him in there with uh But he's a comedic manager. He's not like a Paul Heyman. He's not like a serious No. But put him in there with somebody. You're going to think I'm shooting straight from the hip on this. And you're going to think I'm... Every single person's going to think I'm crazy. Turn him into a manager. Put him with Roman Reigns. Roman, <laughs> Roman Reigns can't talk. But have him sit there and run the fans down and turn Roman heel 
He turns heel. I, I feel like if done, I mean, this is a, it's got to be done pitch perfect. But that's the only way that it could, I think that it could work. They've just got to send Enzo down to in, back to NXT and figure something out. But I, I feel sorry for the guy. But I, I do mean, too, because I enjoy the hell out of him. They're in need of heels on Raw, so they needed Cass to be a heel. But if he was still a face, then yeah, Enzo as a manager would have been perfect. Yeah. But that's just not the direction they're going. And man, it's been a bad year for tag teams. You know, we've had the Golden Truth break up. We had DIY break up on NXT. Now we've had Enzo and Cass break up. The tag division on Raw is really thinning out too. By the way, I mean. It's essentially like three teams left. Yeah, all now. of a sudden you saw Rhino and uh, Heath Slater. Heath Slater, that's his name. Sorry. Rhino and Heath Slater are now suddenly the number three tag team on Raw. Yes. When I didn't even know they were a part of Raw. Yeah, they were in the uh, Superstar Shakeup. I did not know this. Um, but hey, it is what it is. Bobby Lashley works for TNA. Yep. Slammiversary's coming up. Happy Slammiversary. Yes. 15 years yeah. of uh, TNA. And so to incorporate that, mm-hmm. he's wanting to have in his corner, once again, the one and only President Donald Trump. Don't see that happening. I don't either. Considering but, uh, Linda McMahon is part of this man's cabinet, <laughs> I don't see Donald Trump showing up to an Impact Wrestling taping. Do you know if he did, though? If they pulled that off, that would save TNA. That would make over half of wrestling fans flip back over and start paying more attention. Well, they'd have to be able to find Impact Wrestling to even watch it. No no president will be in his corner. I'm surprised. Hopefully there will be some fans in the stands because this... This impact is is not going well. Impact is owned by a Canadian company. Maybe they can get uh, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. They can get him in the corner of uh, Bobby Lashley. But uh, yeah, good but luck with that. I, I think it's hilarious. That they maybe you can get CM Punk in his corner. They're even trying to pull this. I think it's quite funny. So the gimmick of inviting people that'll never show up is just I don't. It's I don't a waste know. of time. Well, yeah, it was just like when uh, Voodoo Ken Mafia is. Uh, Sean Hickenbottom, Paul Levesque, we challenge you to a fight at the Alamo. You know, cha- or when uh, Bischoff would challenge. Vince, show up at Slammiversary. Oh, shit. If Vince had shown up, though, he'd have beat, he'd have beat Eric's ass. Yeah, but it would have been stupid because it would have been on WCW TV. That's true. Vince wouldn't have made a that dime off of it. That is true. So I just, I hate, I hate challenges, offers, and things that'll just never happen. Yeah. The cover has been released. For WWE 2K18, and the cover is Seth Rollins. That's right, yeah. Have you seen this this little... Uh, I saw the ad, yeah. Yes. Where he, he destroys the uh, WWF warehouse. Have you gone through and examined everything in it? Not there's, all the pieces. There's some hidden secrets in there. Yeah, a lot of uh, Easter eggs. A lot of find. Easter eggs, yes. One major one is... The blue, the red, white, and blue wrestling, uh, wrestling boots of Kurt Angle. Oh, I thought they were the red, and white boots of Mister America, Hulk Hogan. That's that's the boots I thought he. Was you were thinking that, yeah, no, these are these are Kurt Angle. So Kurt Angle will be making his uh, his WWE game return. That's right, yeah, and the rumor is SummerSlam, Triple H, and Kurt Angle. Because, you know, Triple H gets to wrestle all the returning wrestlers. Oh, know. yeah. 
And no uh, hopefully this time Kurt Angle actually gets to win. Yeah, uh, probably un- not. Unlike Sting, you know, and everybody else, Triple H has to go over. The odd part about that 2K18 trailer is that Seth Rollins is a face, and he's doing a very heelish thing. He's burning down the uh, WWF warehouse, and uh, I don't really agree with that. I the, don't one, think... the one thing that I had a serious problem with. I know what you're going to say already. Well, is what? You don't like it when he decapitates the Andre the Giant statue. Exactly. It's a statue, don't worry about it. I know, come on now, that's... I actually didn't like it when he threw the uh, Stone Cold four-wheeler off into the Oh, I laughed my ass off on that. That was when he just pushed it off the cliff, and it just, that was quite funny. Now, uh, I just hope with this game that they do some major redesigns to the game's engine. And, And this is not... I play a lot of uh, 2K17 that you got for me, and uh, it's fine. Yeah. But they need... It looks like it could still be on a PlayStation 3. It, it still looks kind of last generation. Like yeah. They haven't done a lot of updates to the graphics. And the actual gameplay system, The rev- I feel like I'm in a reversal battle 99% of the time. Yeah. And also the grappling system. I feel like I'm doing the same four moves over and over again. I know there are like eight possible moves, but I always end up doing the same shit over and over again. Right. So I just wish that they would tweak it a little bit. Unfortunately, it's sort of like uh, Madden where they just put out the same game every year. New roster. Slap a fresh coat of paint on it, send it out. Make sixty dollars. Yeah. So I would have rather had a uh, Kurt Angle on the cover. I, there, me there, too. There probably is going to be a special edition with Angle on the cover. So we'll see. I we'll, feel I feel like Kurt Angle. Or I mean, what's your special edition thinking looking like? Or what's your who do, who do you think is going to be the holy crap? I can't believe that they're making them a, a special downloadable character or something like that. Because there's usually one or two. I think it's just going to be Angle this year. You think think it'll just be Angle? Yeah. Maybe a couple of different DLC guys that haven't been... I don't think there's going to be anybody that hasn't been in a game before. You you know how they cycle them out sometimes? Like, maybe one year Vader's in it, and then he's not the next, and then he's back again. I, I I don't see any big surprises in there. I'm trying to even think about... Maybe Terry Gordy? It'd be nice. <laughs> well, they really fucked that up last year. More like the, you know, Nikita and Ivan Koloff. And oh, and Nikita Koloff would be great in the game. Is he in the? Was he in the last? He's game? He's never been in a. WWE oh, that would be great. They should. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. That that'll be my pick. That that should be DLC. Especially since he since he's tragically passed away. That's Ivan. Oh, well, I meant Nikita and Ivan. That's why. Oh, saying. okay. Uh, no, he's not. He he won't be. You don't think Ivan will be? No. But maybe Nikita. You think Nikita will? Yeah, that would be a great. Uh, he, I would even say he might be Hall of Fame worthy uh, this year. I see him stepping back in the ring because he's in great shape. He's in great shape. Not gonna get back in the ring. He's one of these guys that actually retired and was content with. Yeah. With being retired. Yeah. Two K Two K eighteen already coming up in October. I feel yeah. like the last one just came out. And if you uh, if you pre order it. And get the gold edition or the special edition. Mm-hmm. You get it four days early. Wow! So you'll get it midnight Friday night instead of waiting until that Tuesday. Ooh! You got the weekend to tear through it. Yeah, beat the whole thing. Be done with it by Tuesday. Take it back and get a refund on Tuesday. There you go. I'm excited. I'm I'm pretty pumped. You got anything else for uh, us? My last, and I was saving this for last because it's so big. Vince Russo 
has filed. Oh yeah, an order. the restraining order. He has filed an order of protection against Jim Cornette for and, stalking. <laughs> yes, and this goes for Vince Russo's house, places of business, home, or I mean, uh, his wife, uh, and and well, everything. It's considering not, that. Russo lives in Indiana. I don't think he has anything to worry well, about. I think it goes alongside with being in, uh, like, at wrestling shows together, but... I don't think they show up at wrestling shows together. This is just to be a dick. This is just a funny... <laughs> uh, it must be easy in Indiana to get a order of protection. You wouldn't know anything about orders of protection, would you, Patrick? Not a single thing. Nope, nothing about that. No, they're easy to get. Uh, sometimes, and for no apparent reason other than, uh, you know, they don't Cra- like crazy each other. fans or crazy fans, and sometimes you you have to crazy do, people can do crazy things. You have to do what you have to do to protect yourself. However, this one is just flat out hilarious. Oh, it's funny. It's and, very funny. And so, and I love that Cornette took a picture of it and shared it with the with the world, so we can all <laughs> enjoy. This never-ending feud. I'm, I'm trying to understand this because Russo's actually going to be in Nashville doing a show here at the end of the month, or end of the month or middle of next month. So I'm trying to see. You know, here you are. You're going to be in Nashville. I would love to see this thing just blow up in Nashville because you know Cornette doesn't give a shit and he'll show up. Well, I think uh, the Indiana order of protection is only valid in Indiana. So Jim Cornette. <laughs> wow, uh, so then, yeah. Like I said, that's my dream table for three. Table for two, Jim Jim Cornette and Vince Russo, which the two of them, oh, yeah, they were on the staff at WWF at the same time. I was going to say, these guys never even actually worked together. Yeah, they but, were on, on WWF staff back in the early Attitude Era. Yeah, so they, they did have some interactions. But, I mean, Cornette just buries him for what he did for, W. Everyone knows. Fuck it. I mean, there's nothing else to say about it other than I, I just have a good laugh. I happen to find this very entertaining, and this is one of the reasons that fueled my my pick this week coming up later. Well, my pick this week, we're gonna wrap up our uh, month long uh, Heart Family edition of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. As last week, we went to Spring Stampede in 1997, where the Hart family triumphed over those evil Americans in their hometown of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And that got me thinking about what is really Bret Hart's best moment from WCW. And only two things come to mind, and that is wearing the metal plate and having Goldberg spear the metal plate that was under his his shirt. Under his jersey, yeah. Which was a really cool moment. But outside of that, there's only one other thing, and that is the... Owen Hart tribute match, which took place on October 4th, 1999 from the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, the same arena where back in May of 1999, Owen Hart fell from the rafters and passed away during the over-the-edge pay-per-view for the WWF. And so this is the WCW's return to the site of uh, that tragic accident. Yes. And this was on the schedule... Uh, many months in advance, so they knew this was coming up. The night of Owen's accident, uh, Brett was actually on an airplane to go to Los Angeles to be on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. He had a, uh angle with Kevin Nash they were going to do, maybe even wrestle, I think, on The Tonight Show. Brett Hart was working some sort of injury angle, and this was going to be the big payoff, and so he didn't actually learn about 
Owen's accident until he landed in Los Angeles and then was kept off TV. He returned at that uh, Nitro in July in the Georgia Dome and basically said, I I don't know that I want to keep wrestling. And uh, I think most people assume that Brett would be back, and he did come back just a few months ago. He'd been in some tag team matches, uh, some throwaway singles matches, maybe on Thunder, but had never had – this is Brett's – not his first match back, but definitely his, his first. His major Nitro or his major show show match back. Yeah, uh, like a real lengthy match. Yeah. Like a, a real match. And so he went to WCW management and he told them that he wanted to do this and they agreed to it. So the, of all the mismanagement of Bret Hart, at least they gave him this opportunity to do tribute match and so that was my pick for this week it's wcw monday nitro from october 4th 1999 we start with a cadillac oh you know it's the 90s when you see a car pulling up in the back yep and goldberg's in it and uh goldberg grabs his bag and walks off but oh in the background sid vicious is looking on ominously yeah and he starts laughing as goldberg walks away so some sinister stuff. We're going to have to see what's going on here. Make note of this. He parked in spot number 22. We get that ugly WCW logo and that terrible Nitro song. There's just a bunch of noise. Then we get a recap. Last week, we missed the beatdown that Sid and Rick Steiner laid to Goldberg. They put the boots to Goldberg last week. Despite being beat down in the middle of the match, that won't stop Goldberg. He's still got a win over Hugh Morris in this match anyway. Hugh Morris... Rick Steiner and Sid all being a part of the first family, I believe. Jimmy Hart's little stable he had here. Yeah. Just for a brief moment. Goldberg had Sid's car crushed. Yes. Out of anger. Which which is quite funny, actually. It's probably a rental car. It I hope is. Sid had full coverage. Yeah, because if he didn't pay the extra four ninety nine for for insurance, uh he's on the hook. He screwed. Sting sneak attacked Hulk Hogan. You know what I learned from all this? What's that? Always get insurance on your rentals. Good point. Then you can just do whatever. Yeah. Demolition Derby, whatever. Sting sneak attacked Hogan last week. So Sting, Diamond Dallas Page, and Luger are all aligned against Hogan and Bret Hart and Ric Flair, I guess, is the current storyline. It was hard to follow this uh, opening recap. uh, Yeah, it's... um, Apparently, Sting and uh, Hogan had a thing going on. Yeah, they're they're fighting for the belt in a few weeks. And we got Flair and Luger, Luger, which I don't understand what their beef is, unless it's over Liz. Right, I I don't, I have no idea. And why would they bother explaining it to us? You know, yeah. they never did. Shivani and Bobby Heenan are our announcers for the night. They promo the main event tonight. It's going to be Hogan teaming up with Flair. Ugh, I just hate the pair. These two should never no. be on the same side. Never. They're taking on Sting and Lex Luger, and that is your main event. While they're talking, Goldberg chants are breaking out already spontaneously. Man, this guy still over. In 1999. Behind the announcers, I noticed there's a man wearing a Surge shirt, which uh, is my favorite soda, and uh, made a return a couple years ago to our local store shelves. I know you love some Surge. Oh, Surge is is the shit, man. So for people overseas that do listen to our show, explain to them what Surge is. Is it like a Mountain Dew type Sierra Mist? Yeah, Surge is more of a Mountain Dew than a Sierra Mist. A Sierra Mist is more of a Sprite. 
A Sprite is like a lightly carbonated, you know, thing. Surge, highly carbonated, green. The greenest of green, uh, toxic chemical color that you could have. To describe the flavor, yeah, it's a lot like a Mountain Dew. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as sweet as a Mountain Dew. It's somewhere, somewhere else. I, I describing soda taste is very difficult. It's very but, difficult, yes. But, but uh, uh, Surge was of course sold, marketed. This was before energy drinks really took off, so it was marketed as. The f- very first energy drink, per se. Basically, I mean, like, yeah, if you drink this, you're going to be hyped. You yeah. are going to be Goldberg spearing through fucking walls. Yeah. You're going to be able to throw a football and catch it, shit like that. Yeah. You'll be Mr. Perfect. Shivani mentions that the uh, the Owen Hart accident occurred in this arena and that Brett demanded the match tonight against Chris Benoit as his chosen uh, opponent for this tribute match. No titles on the line because Benoit is the TV champ. It's just a match for the sake of a match. Then we go to commercial. It's Slim Jim commercial. Macho Man is in his padded room and... Beef. Spice. Beef. Spice. Need a little excitement? Slap into a Slim Jim, oh yeah! And he's in a straight jacket. What a poor guy. He can't even get that beef stick. I know. The first match of the night is Malenko versus Mysterio. A match that we have seen a million times. A million times. And uh, this was was pretty much the exact same match that you would have saw two years ago when they started this feud. Except it's with maskless Rey Mysterio, yes. who's wearing overalls, and it just doesn't feel right. No. Something just doesn't feel no. right here. Ray hits a spinning springboard Herc and Ron on Dean. Shivani mentions, oh boy, stay tuned. The Nitro Girl search is happening later in the show. Yeah, buddy. Dean, he wrestles like a heel. He just works a bunch of rest holds. He applies a surfboard and turns it into a pin attempt. Dean bails outside and Ray hits a 360 seated senton from the ropes. They get back in the ring. Ray tries the West Coast pop but gets caught in the Texas Cloverleaf. Ray crawls across the ring to the rope. Which yeah. is a bit unbelievable. That that should have been the ending right there. This whole match was all for this. Shane Douglas runs in and decks Nick Patrick and then attempts to use a chain on Mysterio. Saturn then runs in to stop him. No, no, don't do that. But instead, oh my goodness. Saturn, he takes the chain, wraps it around his fist, and clocks right Mysterio. And as Tony Schiavone says... Pulls the swerve. It's the start of incorporating insider lingo into the Nitro yes. announcer's stuff. So Saturn pulls the swerve and decks Mysterio. Douglas then rolls Nick Patrick in and says, Hey, look at that. And Nick Patrick sees that Ray is in the Texas Cloverleaf and he's unconscious. And uh, Dean gets the win and celebrates with the rest of the newly formed revolution. Not their best work together, these two. <laughs> no. And no. I, one of the reasons I very much dislike this episode of Nitro is, and I complain about this in modern-day Raws, it's the same combinations of the same guys that we see all the time. Uh, later on, we see... I'm with How you. many times can you do Rey Mysterio versus Dean Malenko? I mean, or, they're great wrestlers, but once you've seen it a few... Once you've seen it five times, you've seen it. Or Hoovy and uh, Hoovy and Billy. Yes, that was the other one. Like, <laughs> Now, Dean Malenko did not apparently realize what had happened. No. Even though he walked in the ring and Rey Mysterio was unconscious. And he, at that point, did not question, why is this man laid out in here? 
When you're no. in the middle of a match, you just do what you got to do to win. I don't care how he's knocked out. He's just knocked out. So Dean looks at the screen and sees the replay. Yes. And oh my goodness, he is very offended at the uh, steps that the Revolution took to help him win the match. And so he picks Ray up and does the respect spot, gives him a hug, sends him on his way. So what was the point of all of this exactly? I have no idea. And that Perry know, joined the Revolution. Yeah, here's, here's the thing. Dean is, is a face yes. in a heel group. Yes. And that's where I was going with this. Here's the deal. is, is I, I love to watch Dean Malenko wrestle. They didn't know what the hell to do with him. I think the only true storyline he ever had was when he was trying to like have a relationship with Lita right in 2001. Oh, in the WWE, yeah. Yeah. And even then, WWE didn't know what to do with him other than that. Yeah, so, he's not a I very mean, good actor either. His, no. Watching the replay, he just he looks the same as he always does. He doesn't have any facial expressions. Yeah. A great wrestler nonetheless, but like I said, you see... And I love these two guys, Rey Mysterio and and Dean Malenko, but there's only so many tricks in the bag of tricks. And, you know, once you're out of them, you're just, it's like watching the same match over and over again. It's the Mayhem match of the week next. It's a sweepstakes. You could win tickets to the Las Vegas show for the Nitro New Year's Evil, I think is what yeah. it was called. Ring in year 2000. At Monday Night Nitro. A few days before. It's not even on the actual New Year's Eve. Oh, it wasn't? It's on like the 27th. You went and looked this up. No, they said like oh, it's okay. on the 27th. Oh, well, that that's bullshit. That's the whole point of like, okay. Log on to WCW.com and tell us who won the match of the week because it's about to start. Hey, here's your hint. It's starting right now. Western Union sponsors Nitro. Western Union, the fastest way to send money nationwide. The match of the week features Disco Inferno. He's going to take on Psychosis, who had just lost his mask somehow. So this is maskless Psychosis. and This man needs his mask back. Yes, he does. He is not a uh, good-looking man and would not improve. I mean, at that ECW one-night stand, he was looking way rougher than he is here in <laughs> 1999. Big news, Shivani announces that Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara have been signed by WCW, and they start next week. Yeah. It's a new era. It's a new era starting error. next week. There you go. Yeah. The, uh, go ahead and uh, start your stopwatch, guys. Fans around the world, start your stopwatches, because we're going to see just how long it takes. Yeah. How... How quickly can they put this company out of business and go? Disco hits a swinging neckbreaker for a two-count on Psychosis. Psychosis hits a spinning heel kick as Disco comes off the top rope and takes his head off. Psychosis misses his guillotine leg drop. Then we get the shocker of all shocking things. Disco hits the Disco drop, Stone Cold Stunner. One, two, three. Oh my god, Disco Inferno is somehow... A cruiserweight champion. Number one, he's a cruiserweight. And number two, he's the fucking champion somehow. <laughs> Disco's never been a cruiserweight in his life. I shit you not. <laughs> I didn't know this was a title match. 
I I, <laughs> I thought Psychosis has the cruiserweight belt. That's interesting. And this is just a regular match. And he had just won it. Yeah, he just got it. He just Thunder. lost his mask. On Thunder. Lost his mask the Monday before. Got uh, the belt. Got the belt on Thunder that Thursday. And then loses it on Monday. So it's, not been, just a, to it's anybody. been a rough seven days for, for Psychosis. But not just to anybody. To Disco Inferno. Disco fucking Inferno. What the? What were they thinking? Glenn Gilberti, cruiserweight, is now a cruiserweight. Live. Yeah, I, I don't believe that. There's no way. I want to see the scale. Yeah, they should have weighed him. I want to see it because I don't buy that. Now I, I say this, but in a few months, Ed Ferrara would be the uh, cruiserweight champion. So there you go, Oklahoma. Dear God, he weighed like what? 300, 400 pounds? In the upper two hundreds, at least. Yeah. Well, and Medusa was cruiserweight champion. Okay, well, so. Medusa, I can believe. Well, she meets the weight requirements, absolutely. Right, but, I mean, Ed Ferrara. Hornswoggle was a cruiserweight champion. He meets the he weight He was re- the last cruiserweight champion, actually. He does meet the weight requirements. Sid is shown backstage on some old piece of technology. I believe they called it a payphone. Are you what? Apparently, Patrick, back in the day, you used to have to put money Yes. Into a phone. Can you believe this? To use it. What? You couldn't just pick it up out of your pocket. What? And even though he's in an arena which probably had normal phones, he picked the one that you had to pay for. Maybe it's a long distance call. Maybe he's calling (laughs) 1-800-CALL-ATT. Or he was calling 1-900-909-9900. Oh, he was calling the hotline. See what all the hot tips are. He got his parents' permission before calling. He tells someone where a car is, and that's it. Then, for no reason, we cut to the crowd, and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are entering through the crowd with... Okay, their cups, they were, they looked like soda cups, like that kind yes. of plastic. Just the paper cups. The paper ba- cups. Yeah, yeah. But on them... Say beer. <laughs> Like like in a sitcom when they can't pay to actually use like a Budweiser can, they would have a can that just says beer on yeah. it. Yes. And, the, and by the way, no one drinks beer out of these no. types of cups. And so I just thought this was really weird. It was very, it was rigged. I think it was worked. I, I think it was too. Their beer was worked. They enter through the crowd with these. I'm not saying it wasn't beer because, I mean. Scott Hall probably had some beer in there. Yeah. They enter through the crowd with these soda beers in their hands. Soda beers. Shivani, for some reason, flips the fuck out at the eye. These guys have worked for the company now for three years. But and we haven't seen them in like two months. Shivani loses his mind. Maybe because they sh- he was like, oh my God, they showed up for work. <laughs> oh my goodness, they actually showed up. Holy cow. Shivani says, this is unbelievable. And then for some reason, Bobby Heenan, who I don't remember ever doing interviews, says, you know, I got to get up. I got to go talk to these guys. Heenan's done a few, a very few interviews in the past. And, uh, but yeah. Heenan goes and talks to the outsiders who are now sitting in the front row. All they say is this. Hall says, hey, yo. And then they do their down here joke yes but they can't say that so they let the fans just finish it off because now we're under new management and it's not okay and then heenan says are you guys ever gonna wrestle again (laughs) and they say no we don't really think so kevin nash says when it's fun again we'll come back i'm working that retirement angle 
Good one, guys. And then Nash says they're getting the band back together. It looks like the band's back together to me. Yeah, I think that was just a way to get the fans to cheer, work in the crowd. Yeah, they're like the Enzo More of 1999. They have four catchphrases. They did yeah. them all. Yeah. Brian Adams walks out next. I'm surprised you're not mentioning the the women they were with. Oh, they were with some nice-looking ladies. Yeah. Were they anybody it, I famous? don't know who they were. They were just ladies. Nice I think one ladies. of them might have been a Nitro girl. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought, too, but, but I don't know they the weren't identified. One. No. Brian Adams walks out next. He'll be taking on U.S. champion Sid Vicious. Two big guys here. Adams hits a delayed vertical suplex. Sid no-sells it, gets right back up, then gets clotheslined out of the ring. Adams pile drives Sid, but then Rick Steiner walks down to the ring and just grabs Charles Robinson and stops him from counting. And then Rick Steiner hits Brian Adams right in front of Charles Robinson, who just stands there and allows this to happen. Steiner gets dragged into the ring by Adams and then gets a backbreaker from Adams. Then... Sid power bombs Brian Adams. One, two, three. What happened? End of the match. I, I know it's the end of the match, but it should be the end of Charles Robinson's referee career because this was terrible refereeing. Well, and he very quickly went and grabbed his signs. What were the signs? Oh, yeah, because he's the man. Sid is, of course, on his uh, Millennium Man streak. Yes. Because uh, he wants to outdo Goldberg's streak, so he is now... He's going to beat Goldberg's streak... And he's going to do it before the year 2000 gets here. Oh, I see. So the Millennium Man is now 120 and 0. Wow. He's well on his way. Jerry Flynn is out next. He's with Jimmy Hart. Firefoot Jerry Flynn. Not to be confused with Jerry Lynn. Yes. Flynn and Lynn are not the same. But they should the wrestle each other all the time. That would be a great comparison, actually. <laughs> I would buy the, I would buy pay-per-view to see that match. So Jerry Flynn walks out with Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart gets on the mic and calls out Goldberg. Jimmy Hart gets on the mic and calls out Goldberg. Always a great idea. Goldberg walks to the ring, and I had to fast-forward it through his entrance because he has an Undertaker-style entrance here. Well, he stops there, and Sid's like talking crap to him. and he's uh, got his, He gets the knock on the door, the police escort, stops, has a chat with Sid, comes out, gets the sprinklers... It just takes him three minutes yeah. to get to the ring. The uh, the see the they were working the angle where Sid can't they can't touch, no touching, and so the Sid, Triple H angle. And so Sid was antagonizing him so he wouldn't lose his cool. His cool. And so yeah, the match starts clothesline, pump handle, side slam. Then Brian Nobbs and Hugh Morris come out to watch the first family. We get a press slam to Jerry Flynn. Flynn chucks Goldberg out to the first family who beat him down, but this is Bill Goldberg, remember? That's right. Jerry Flynn traps Goldberg in an arm bar, but Goldberg just powers out of it. Spear, jackhammer, and a win. Goldberg wins. Surprise, surprise. Dun, dun, dun. Then Goldberg, oh no, grabs the microphone. Oh, God. He calls out Sid. He says, see you at Halloween Havoc, and he says, your ass is mine. And he says he'll fight Sid whenever, but I guess he's planning on Halloween Havoc. Yeah, you're, you're mine. It's not who's next. It's Berlin, the former Alex Veit, Das Wunderkid, is backstage standing outside a door shouting German at Brad Armstrong. Armstrong gets in his face and says, speak some English. 
That's right. And that's it. That's the entire segment. Yes. Mean Gene is now on the ramp. He welcomes Harlem Heat, the tag champs. They call out the outsiders, and they call them a couple of fruit booties. Then the first family come back out and brawl with them. They get in the ring. Booker hits a scissors kick. Nobbs hits Harlem Heat with a chair. And then Hugh Morris does the no laughing matter. See you at Halloween Havoc, guys. This was a complete waste of time. Yes. A promo recaps the Nitro Girl tryouts, which I fast-forwarded as well. Spice and Kimberly picked Jamie last week because she's a hip-hopper. Lavina and Nicole. Yes, there are your two. Kansas uh, City Lavina, Lavina got my vote. I was I was more of a Nicole guy. So I was Lavina all the way. So They won the uh, Nitro Girl uh, competition in Kansas City. Spoiler alert, Stacey Keebler wins the whole thing. You can go vote now at WCW.com, though. If you I went and placed my vote last night, actually. Okay, good. Yeah. Goldberg goes to his Cadillac, throws his bag in. Guess he's going home for the night. Yeah, he's done his match. He grabbed a quick shower, changed, and he's gone. That's and he it. leaves. <laughs> what an asshole this guy is. You know, he has no respect for this business because when you show up at the arena, you stay for the entire show. Right. Not fucking Goldberg. No. When you are Goldberg, you show up when you want to and you leave when you want to. That was a good night's work for him. Yeah. Because it showed... we actually saw his entire night. We we saw him arrive, we saw his match, and we saw him drive away. Within 45 minutes. 45 minutes of work. That's a good... I hope he... And he probably made a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Brad Armstrong is out next. He's going to take on the West Texas Rednecks' Kurt Henning. Armstrong gets two drop kicks and a scoop slam before Henning bails outside. Armstrong hits him with two atomic drops, nails Curly Bill, who is Vincent. Vincent has now teamed up with the West Texas Rednecks. I agree with uh, Bobby Heenan, and I think Curly Bill is the sheriff from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> And then Kendall Wyndham, of course, gets nailed by Armstrong. And then for no reason, Berlin in- interferes, and he brings along the wall. Yes. The big man known as the wall. Get it? Berlin and the wall? The dun, Berlin dun, wall. Dun. This causes Armstrong to get distracted. Perfect hits the perfect plex, and the match is over. Berlin and the wall, and then put the boots to Armstrong after the bell. Another worthless match. Yes. We go backstage where Kidman was having some sex with Tori Wilson in the shower. Hey, your 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 match is up. Oh, got gotta go. And so he runs out of there. Doug Dillinger goes to Sid and says, Hey man, you need to move your fucking car. And Sid says, Here's my keys, you move it. Okay. So <laughs> he hands it to Moses is the uh, assistant's name. Now now Goldberg left from spot twenty two. That's right. Moses goes and gets his car and moves it into spot 22. Oh, I finally see what... I I had trouble understanding the ending. Okay, I finally get the ending now because I had no fucking idea what the ending meant here. Okay, so... I know, I know, I get it. The week before, Goldberg had... So Sid's an idiot is what this turns out to be. The week before... He was going to have the car that was parked in spot 22 because he knew that'd be Goldberg's. He was going to have it towed and crushed. Yes, because Goldberg had that done to his car the week before. Right. But Goldberg, Sid apparently didn't know that Goldberg was going to split. Right. And so then, because he's lazy and wouldn't move his own fucking car, it got parked in spot 22. Right. And so dumbass Sid had his own car (laughs) fucking crushed. (laughs) 
What a moron! <laughs> I was waiting to see if you put it all together. <laughs> I did, at the end, I didn't understand. Yeah. At the end, because well, I didn't pay much attention to the promo piece at the top of the show. <laughs> this is your... <laughs> the Millennium Man. The Millennium Man is a fucking idiot. <laughs> and you're billing him as a top guy. He's about to be the champion. I know! And he crushed his own car. Oh, God, I know. It's hilarious. What a dummy. He saw Goldberg park the fucking car. He saw it happen. He could have gone out there. Did he not know Goldberg left early every night? Why? This open. This just. My mind has just. My brain has just exploded inside my skull. Because you just put all of it together. No, not just... that I put it all together. Just what a fucking moron this guy is. <laughs> what a fucking moron. Right. And he has other friends that could watch. Hey, if Goldberg leaves, tell me. Yeah. He was on the phone with somebody. And we find out who it was later. <laughs> this is Sid. No, Sid just, Sid just can't catch a break. He is always... Looking like a fucking fool. He crushed his own fucking car. <laughs> Never in a million years would Stone Cold Steve Austin allow the riders to say, this week you crush your own car. Yeah. Or anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just furious right now that Sid allowed this angle to go. That you crush It makes your him own... look like an idiot. More than, Yes, more than an idiot. Well, he has half the I'm brain him... anyway, so... <laughs> It makes him look like an idiot, though. It really does. Oh, my goodness. So we go to our next meaningless match. Hoovy's going to take on Kidman. Despite earlier in the night, Shivani made mention to us many times during the Rey Mysterio match, there are no filthy animals here tonight other than Rey Mysterio. Rey is all alone. He's all alone. There's no filthy animals. Guess what? Filthy animal Billy Kidman is walking out to the ring now. <laughs> that is true. There's another one where... They uh, they kind of missed the mark on that. Maybe they didn't know he was there since he was having so much sex in the shower. They couldn't find him. They didn't think he was here. And also, Rey Mysterio should be pissed that he didn't come out and help him earlier. He was too busy having sex with Tori Wilson to come save his ass earlier. Well, think about that. Would you rather not take? Would you rather go help Rey Mysterio? Bros before hoes, man. <laughs> I got you, I got you. On, I got your back on that. Well, Ray came out and helped him here. I'm with you. I know I'm with you, bros before hoes. Yeah, absolutely. Hoovy, for some reason, is a heel. Despite I, I don't. He, he doesn't talk. He just has heel mannerisms. Yeah. So here we go. Hoovy reverses a Kidman fireman's carry into a DDT, which was a a really cool move. They take a commercial break in the middle of this match. Kidman power slams Hoovy for a two count. Hoovy calls for Psychosis, who's apparently his buddy now. Yeah. Psychosis distracts Kidman, and then they both put the boots to Kidman on the outside of the ring. And so while they're on the outside of the ring, Hoovy gets back in and decides to springboard Plancha, but instead of hitting Kidman, hits his own partner, Psychosis. Heenan, in a racist statement, calls Hoovy and Psychosis two chihuahuas. Then Kidman dives onto both of them on the outside of the ring. They get back into the ring, Kidman and Hoovy. Hoovy hits an inverted DDT on Kidman and calls for the 450, but Kidman powerbombs him instead and knocks Psychosis off the apron. He's going to go for the shooting star press. Then Rey Mysterio shows up to help Kidman, unlike Kidman not helping him earlier. Right. 
Kidman tries the shooting star, but psychosis stops him. So even though Ray showed up to stop this, it still happened. Hoovy hits the Hoovy driver off the top turnbuckle, gets the win, and then the filthy animals brawl with psychosis and Hooventu Guerrero. In another match that had zero logic behind it, and zero meaning, and zero nothing. This entire Nitro, outside of the one match, has nothing. That's true, because our semi-main event was one that I was not expecting at all. All right. The Cadillac, Sid's Cadillac, rolls up with Moses driving it. And he parks it in spot 22. 22. And he says, you can park your own damn car. And then walks away. And as he walks away, you see a tow truck roll up in the background, a flatbed. Yes. And we cut away. I wonder what will happen with that flatbed. Special ring announcer Harley Race, who was not announced earlier in the show. My problem with this tribute match is not the match itself. The match itself is fine. They didn't... Like, do you remember the night... Uh, like, Raw is Owen. I'm sure you've seen Raw is Owen. Where yeah. The night after the, the accident. It's a whole tribute show. This whole show should have been framed around this match. Yeah. This match between... Should have been the main event. Let's clarify that right now. Should have been the main event. It should have had huge promo pieces in front yeah. of it, like... There should have been people talking about Owen, sharing memories yeah. about Owen... Benoit and Brett, especially. Yeah. And anyone else that has interacted. Owen worked a few matches in WCW. They had footage of this guy. They could have... Really? I did not know that. Yeah, this. he worked a few matches in the early 90s for WCW. Very briefly. It was between, like, Blue Blazer. Like, he, he was Blue Blazer, and then he left and went to WCW and worked a couple matches and then came back. So they have footage of this guy. They have announcers that know this person. They, they didn't make a big deal out of this. No. This was just, and you know what? I dare say a lot of people in the crowd probably were unaware that this was the arena that Owen passed away in, even though they're at Kemper Arena, because a lot of WCW fans didn't watch WWF. Right. Or, they, or a lot of them didn't probably remember that this there were, happened There here. were some fans, or there were some signs out in the crowd, but not as many as I thought there would have been. Now, you didn't have to make this into a whole tribute show. No. Like, because, I mean, WWF always, already did it. He worked for WWF. It's more of their But this response. was... This, Neidhart's part of this roster. He could have talked about it. This is... This, at this time, was... And still is. Don't... I want to make sure I word this correctly. This was and still is one of the most tragic things to ever happen in professional wrestling. Companies separated or not it's a wrestling family and you may have a problem with this company or vice versa but put your problems to the side to come join together for one good union of of sharing the memories of owen hart it's kind of like they really didn't yeah it's just like everything else it was, this it was is, shitty it was really well, it's just like everything else wcw does it's like they get an idea that their execution of ideas is just never good this is just wcw in a nutshell Arn Anderson, I'm a huge fan of. But Arn Anderson got an entire night tribute to him two years before this. An entire Nitro tributed between matches. They're talking about memories and careers of Arn Anderson. And then, you know, and it ends with him in the ring crying and all that. You know what I'm saying? And so, but they couldn't have even done half of that for Owen. That was kind of shitty. Yeah, when his brother's on the roster and he's going to fight in this match. Yeah. And just like... Having Harley Race here, Harley Race just pops up. Like, the Shivani and Heenan didn't mention that, oh, by the way, tonight Harley Race will be here. It's yeah. just 
there's Harley Race in the middle of the ring. Because he's not only one of the greatest wrestlers of all time or anything, you know. So Chris Benoit is out first. He's a TV champion. The belt's not on the line. He's got an Owen Hart t-shirt on. The one mention, I guess, of Owen Hart. Yeah. Uh, visually is an Owen Hart t-shirt on Chris Benoit. Thank goodness they brought in Mike Tanay to help call this match because Heenan, I thought, should have just left the booth. Heenan really, Heenan really brought this match. I have, I have never had a problem with Heenan whatsoever. I had a problem with Heenan during this match. Well, he's just not treating it like it should be treated. Right. He was very, he was very disrespectful. He was very. He wasn't paying attention. No, it was. It should have been treated with more respect than what it was. Harley introduces Brett, saying that the Hart family is the nicest family he's ever known. Then we get that awful Bret Hart WCW theme, and he's out. Now, one thing I think that Bret should have done is worn Owen tights. Like, not not necessarily Owen's tights, but maybe like something that said Owen on it or Owen's colors. You know how his were slightly... Or the cut-off, not the full pants, the cut-off at the knees like Owen had. And... Yeah, something like that. And I also yeah. think that he should have used like an enziguri. Like, one of Owen's signature moves, yeah. I think, should have been used in the match. Aside from those two things, the match itself, I don't have a lot of criticism about the match. But Brett actually looks a little pissed off coming to the ring. He looks a little defeated. He looks like a man. He's been in this company two years. He realizes it's just not going anywhere. Like Just the look on Brett's face yeah. just tells me that he is not thrilled with uh, his, his position. Owen chants break out in the arena. They start with some mat wrestling and reversals, test of strength between the Crippler and Bret Hart. Benoit drives his knee into the back of Hart. Then we get lots of rest holds and reversals. A real slow start, a, a build, a slow build to the match, if you will. Benoit chops Hart. Hart DDTs Benoit and hits his second rope elbow for a two count. Benoit puts Hart in the standing walls of Jericho, like a standing... Uh, Boston Crab, a vertical Boston Crab, but Hart gets to the ropes. Benoit hits a backbreaker to Hart and gets a two count. Here's another thing that I really think they shouldn't have done. They took a commercial break in the middle of this match. Yeah, no. Not only one, they took (laughs) two. They should have set aside some time. Uninterrupted. Uninterrupted for this match, yeah. We come back from break. Snap suplex to Benoit for a two count. A backbreaker to Benoit. Hart works on Benoit's midsection and his back. Then Benoit hits a devastating tombstone on Bret Hart and gets a two count. A bridging suplex to Bret Hart for a two count. Benoit headbutts and chops Bret. A nasty belly-to-back suplex to Benoit from Hart, where Hart nearly dropped Benoit right on his neck. Hart bails outside, and Benoit lands a suicide dive through the ropes. Here's the second commercial break in this match. We come back, and Hart is in control. He hits a swing neck breaker on Benoit for a two count. Benoit goes upstairs looking for the flying headbutt, but Hart cuts him off and superplexes him. Hart tries a sharpshooter, but gets countered into the crossface. Hart makes it to the ropes. Then Benoit hits the three amigos, the three uh, snap suplexes to Bret Hart, calls for the flying headbutt, and gets it, but Bret kicks out at two. The crowd cheers, let's go Brett. Then we get a back elbow to Benoit, a pile driver. Hart covers and Benoit gets to the ropes. Benoit fires Hart up with some chops and then gets the triple Germans. But on the third German attempt, Hart blocks it and fights out of it. Benoit looks for the crossface again, but Hart hooks Benoit somehow into the sharpshooter out of the crossface, which was an awesome transition. Benoit gives up and Hart wins this tribute match, then points to the sky, hugs Benoit, And that's it. 
Yeah. A very good match. Uh, oh, yes. It technically w- sound. I thought it was a little slow for my liking. I prefer a faster-paced match. But I realized that they also, including the commercial breaks, were probably out there for 35, 40 minutes. So right, they, yeah. they were in it for the long haul. I think Benoit out-wrestled Hart in this match. Benoit looked phenomenal in this match. Uh, I hated Bobby Heenan's commentary really pissed me off through parts of it because he was just he was just bad. Yeah. Uh he should have just left the table. If if he can't if he can't if you have to bring in Tanay for certain stuff because you know how bad Heenan is, then just have Heenan walk away from the table. Take the mic away from him. And I love Bobby Heenan, but this Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Bobby Heenan is is a true legend and love him to death, but his actions during this match was very disrespectful. It was nice, though, that Shivani and Tanay, for I think the only time in Nitro history, other than the final match on Nitro between Sting and Flair, Shivani actually focused yeah. on the match. Yeah. Instead of, didn't I talk wonder ab- what Hogan's doing. Yeah, didn't talk about anything else. Yeah, it was, like I said, I think that they should have done more. This should have been the main event. It should have been the closer. They should have had an image of Owen at the end of it, in memory of, shown the copyright, and gone out with the hug. Yeah. But they stacked the show so weird. The rest of the show was such garbage, too. Yeah. This is, and this is so out of place. Make it a big deal. When you have something that you can make a big deal out of it, wasted opportunities. That's all WCW is to me. And this match highlights it for me because they had a real opportunity to make, to make magic. Yeah. And this this match is remembered, I think, with rose-colored glasses, but going back and watching it, I think people realize all the mistakes they made, and it kind of takes... It kind of bums me out, honestly. Yeah. How how poorly it was executed. Not the match, but the... All the around. way WCW did it. Yeah. Brett, Brett and Chris did the best that they could with what they had to work with. Yeah. No one... No one sat them down and got interviews. No one sat. They're not producers, you know. Right. They're not writers. And right. also, I think at this time, you know, they're transitioning. Russo's coming in next week, so this is. They're probably transitioning writers, the writing staff, so the timing probably wasn't right to get something together. But guys, you can do better than that. Yeah, you can. You can do better than that. I wish someone had done an Insiguri because that was uh, that's Owen's signature move. So. I just wish that they had done that. And now for the rest of this shitty show. Mean Gene welcomes Ric Flair and Hogan. Hogan, what a blasphemous Hogan. He, <laughs> do, he does Ric Flair's woo. Don't you dare ever do that fucking woo, Hogan. <laughs> I hate that. Fuck Hulk Hogan doing Ric Flair's woo. What cracked me up is when Flair starts, like, he's strutting towards the ropes and then does the Hogan ear. <laughs> I was like, oh, Okay, this went to Or shit. hearing Ric Flair say, Brother. Eat, <laughs> eat your vitamins and say your prayers. Ric Flair would never fucking say that. Well, it's like when he said he wasn't going to be going to the bar, and even Hogan was like, well, that's bullshit. <laughs> I'll include the promo. I, I don't have much to say about it here. Gentlemen, we are back on TNT in a packed crowd at Kemper Arena here in Kansas City. And ladies and gentlemen, with the big main event coming up tonight, it is time to hold court. Please join me as I welcome the former 14-time WCW Heavyweight Champion of the World, ladies and gentlemen, 
the Nature Boy, Rick Flair. Continuing now with more great wrestling action. Just look at the great wrestlers that have walked through the entryway to the ring either to talk or to wrestle here tonight, Brain. There's nothing like Monday Night Raw. No, you're right about that. If you're not watching this, you're out camping. This is the best. Ric Flair, Harley Race, Bret Hart, Paul Hogan, Paul Nash, Sid Vicious, Goldberg, DDP, all in the same sting, the total package, all in the same building, all in the same program here tonight. Gene, take it away. And we're not yet done yet. And he is joined tonight, ladies and gentlemen, by another all-time great. Please welcome Wild in Kansas City. You think Hulkamania's not back? Everywhere we go, we feel it. Look at that knee brace he's got on that left leg. That's the burning question here tonight. He hobbled in last week and he hobbled back out. All right, we got it fired up here. We got a little money in the ring tonight here, gentlemen. Ric Flair, I know for a fact you've got a big match coming up at Halloween Havoc. You're going to be facing Diamond Dallas Page. And you, Hulk Hogan, in a return, a chance to get back the gold as you meet Sting in Las Vegas on the 24th. Well, you know, first things first, brother. All respect intended as a commentator, Mean Gene. But you got this backwards. He's the man, brother. Woo! I don't think I have ever disagreed with that. And coming from the big man, Ric Flair, what an honor. Think about it, Mean Gene. Right here, Kansas City. You got Harley Race, Hulk Hogan, and the Nature Boy on the same team for the first time. Woo! in the making. Now, Paige, and Halloween Havoc, my friend, whatever level of the food chain I'm at, in your eyes, you're still at the bottom in my eyes because I am and always will be Ric Flair, and you're not. Woo! And as far as Hulk Hogan goes, for the first time in my life, team, I'm going to take my vitamins, I'm going to say my prayers, and I'm not going in one bar to Halloween having Hulkster tonight, Sting and Luger become part of history. Because tonight, brother, I'm joining Hulkamania. Hulkamania. Stay out of the, he's paying the, I'm riding your tail, brother. Well, 13 times world heavyweight champion, training, saying a prayer, and not going through the bar. That's a damn lie. We know he's going to be styling, profiling, brother, and tonight is just a little sample of what's going to be going down, brother, in a couple weeks, man. You know, I feel sorry for those three, brother. We got their number. We're in Kansas City, brother. This is Rick Flair country, brother. And in the back, I've been schooled, I've been retooled, because Mr. Flair has showed Hulk Hogan 
how to put that figure four on and showed me how to break bones, brother. Is that something that uh, Sting and the total package should be, well, I guess, expecting tonight? Well, they better be damn worried about it, brother, because first time history made in the ring with the great Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan is going to follow his lead, and when it's all said and done, brother, we're going to train, say a prayer, and then we're going to kick your ass. Hulkster! 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 The Sid Carr saga continues. Yes. Because now Sid is ready to leave. Yeah, Sid decides, why was I even here tonight? Did he even work? Oh, yeah, he worked a match with Brian Adams. So his match is over. Time to go home. Yep. He goes out looking for his car, and he can't find it. Hey, uh, where'd you park my car? It's in spot 22. Okay. Spot 22? And he runs over there? Yeah, it's empty. Oh, it's empty. It's gone. Someone has stolen his... No, he realizes what he's done, I think. Yes, it's starting to click. He is crushed. <laughs> his he, own car. He should get on the phone to the record company and say, "Stop! Don't don't do this. Bring it back." No. So anyway, he, he has crushed his own car. He doesn't know it yet. No, he's not. He's not for sure. Our next match of the night, we see DDP kiss Kimberly, and then he walks out to the ring. DDP grabs a mic and says, "He delivers the goods." He's like FedEx, I guess. Buff Bagwell's his opponent. He gets the mic and says Kansas City has already forgotten about DDP, which is hard to do considering he's in the ring. If they've already forgotten about DDP, then they're very stupid. Here's my recap. They brawl for a while. Buff botches the blockbuster. Diamond cutter. DDP wins. Ding, ding, ding. Promo for the match of the week sweepstakes. Tony tells you what the match of the week was. So, uh, (laughs) hint, hint. Disco Inferno wins. In the biggest lie, the most outrageous statement said all night, Tony Schiavone says WCW Mayhem is the greatest pro wrestling (laughs) video game ever made. Tony's credibility was already very, very low. And it totally disappeared. Yeah, that string finally snapped and that's it. Time for our main event. Over an Owen Hart tribute match. This is our fucking main event. I'm serious. You cannot make this shit up. The total package who's no longer referred to as Lex Luger, he is only the total package, is out with Miss Elizabeth and his strip-away pants, and he poses and he is uh, showing off that... He... He... Okay, now, I am all for getting in shape, okay? (laughs) I am all... It's good to be healthy. Yes, I'm all for trying to be healthy and get in shape. I've dropped 25 pounds myself. But he... His abs are so fucking ripped... That they are bulging out like a beer belly. They are that fucking, like... He's got a roid belly. He is... Oh, oh my God. This dude doesn't have an ounce of body fat on him. 4% body fat. 4% my ass. It's not even one. (laughs) This dude is literally steroided out of his mind. Well, he's a total package. He is totally out of something. 
He's got a total package of steroids coming in the mail. Dear God. Now, he comes out first despite world champion Sting, who yeah. has to come out second, and he just walks to the ring like, yeah. a, like yeah. a jobber. And he he carries the belt like it's like, I hate it when they carry the belt like it's garbage, you know? Yeah. And Sting's just dragging this fucking belt. He knows he's about to drop it to Hogan soon, so I guess he doesn't give a fuck about it. Then Flair and Hogan come out. I had to fast forward through their fucking entrances, too. Here's my recap of this main event. They brawl. Hogan runs wild, and it looks like Hogan and Flair are going to win, but DDP comes in. Why not? Tries a diamond cutter on Luger, who mistakenly starts racking DDP. He couldn't tell. He didn't. You can't tell the difference of who is on your shoulders? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Nick Patrick, by the way. This is all good. Everything's fine here. Don't Go see a it. problem. Yeah, no. The WCW referees need a uh, pep need a meeting they need to have a meeting they need to come to the school of refereeing they need to go to patrick young's school of refereeing hogan leg drops sting and pins your world champion one two three while his partner is standing there racking in the uh, The wrong guy the wrong guy (laughs) right behind his back you didn't hear this giant or feel this giant thud of a leg drop and look and see like what the hell was that was he even look I, I seem to remember that he's looking in the direction of the pinfall, if I remember. Or no, his back was behind. It was at back, least they took that. His back was to Okay. Him. But this was the longest fucking torture rack because Hogan got his three. Yeah, he, he did the whole sequence. He got the whole sequence. Three punches against big the ropes. Boot. Big boot. Big he leg. does. He does the big, you know, call for it and cheers, get the fans up and going. And then hits the ropes, big leg, then one, then two, then three. And DDP's been up there for a minute and a half like, <laughs> can we fucking go home? Shit. You would think DDP would say, hey, I'm not the guy you're supposed to be racking. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course... The grand finale of the night. The saga of Sid's car has finally reached its conclusion as Sid returns to spot 22 and finds a crushed up car. He crushed his own fucking car. Yes. You can't make this shit up. No. Hey, stay tuned for Nitro, guys, because Ed Ferraro and Vince Russo have not even joined yet. Yeah, if you think this is good, oh boy. (laughs) Things are only going to get better from here. Can only go up, right, Patrick? There's no <laughs> yeah, way. No, no. I, I seem to remember a Viagra on a pole match. Oh. So. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I made you watch this. I didn't know. I didn't know that it was this bad. I didn't know. You had not seen the Owen tribute match. I so, to be fair, I think I watched the Owen tribute match live when it happened. And it... it and I said that I quit watching after the finger poke of doom, but for whatever reason, this was probably hyped on the early... I dialed up my 56K modem, and someone said that this match was happening, so I tuned in. But just to give you a idea of the ratings battle, the Monday Night War is, uh, you know, raging yeah, here. In, yeah, uh, in 99. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Raw that night, the main event, was between Chris Jericho and The Rock. The I- champion was still... Triple H from Unforgiven 99. So ties into our old review. There you go. Your rating for Monday Night Raw from this very night did a 5.9. That was Monday Night Raw. That's pretty good. 5.9. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's pretty that's really good, actually. Uh, Monday Nitro, 2.87. 
Really? They actually got that? <laughs> but. I'm shocked that they got less that. Less than. Less than half, almost. Yeah. A lot of problems. Uh, I really don't know where to start exactly uh, with this. I think one problem is every match, almost every match, except, of course, the Bret Hart Chris Benoit match, interference, and the Disco Inferno match. Every match had interference in it. Yeah. Except two. Fuck finishes are okay from time to time, but you can't have an entire. At this time, Nitro is still three hours. Three hours of fuck finishes. Yeah. Give me. I gotta have something else, guys. Yeah. They totally botched the Bret Hart thing. They make Sid look like an idiot. Sid, yeah, who you're priming to go up against Goldberg, is a is a complete moron. He crushed his own car. <laughs> Goldberg, despite interference, still wins the match. Overcomes. He looks invincible, and Sid looks like an idiot. And you're trying to sell me on a Sid and Goldberg match. Yep. However, Goldberg can't cut a promo if his life depended on it. Sting is somehow a heel. Yes. Despite being invested in, oh, I don't know, two or three years. Two or three years. Fifteen years of Sting being a face. Yeah. Is now a heel. And I'm supposed to root for Hulk Hogan? For that asshole Hulk Hogan to beat Sting? Ric Flair and Hogan are friends. There's just so many things wrong with this. Jimmy Hart is managing Hugh Morris. What the fuck is going on in the world in WCW? This this Nitro is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. It, there are some bad Nitros to cut. This, by no means is this the worst no, Nitro. No, this is not the worst. There is a lot, lot worse out there, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me. But this was just total garbage outside of that one single match. Yes. And so I'm sorry that I subjected you to it. Uh, it's all right. What are your thoughts on this Nitro? Um, Brett and Chris Benoit should have been the final. Buff and DDP, they could have cut. I hate to say that about Dallas, but that is what it is. Sid, Brian Adams, they could have cut. The only reason they had that match was just to incorporate Sid getting his car crushed because he had to be there for a match. <laughs> you realize this, correct? Because <laughs> you have to justify the reason that he's at the arena. Yeah, that his car is there. Yes, I did enjoy Brad Armstrong, Kurt Henning, Nash, and Hall sitting in the crowd. Give me a fucking break. I did enjoy Goldberg and Jerry Flynn. Goldberg squash matches are fine. Yeah, Malika Ray shit, Disco psychosis shit, Hoovy Billy shit. Flair, Hogan, Sting, Luger, that was... Don't... Once again, if you're going to do a quick screw-up finish like that, the key word is quick. Yeah. Don't go through a 35, 40-second sequence of three punches against the ropes, the big boot, got to pump up the crowd. The idea is to steal the win. Right. I mean, for the love of God, DDP was in this t- this torture act for, I guarantee you, a minute and a half. This N- Nick was, Patrick and Charles Robinson are shitty refs tonight. This too. was this was really a bad all the way around. And uh, so, yeah, other than Brett, Chris Benoit, Armstrong, and Kurt Henning, and Goldberg, Flynn, uh, that's your only three matches really worth watching. Yeah, don't watch don't watch just Nitro. Skip it. Just just skip it entirely. 
If you want to see a great Bret Hart match, watch Bret and Owen at WrestleMania 10. Yeah, absolutely. So. Man. Well. This was this was rough. It was only a little over two hours. This is a tough two hours for me to sit through. Yes. So on our rating scale, Patrick, between Hornswoggle and El Gigante, Giant Gonzalez, where do you rank Monday Nitro from October in 99 featuring the Bret Hart... Owen tribute match. A Crispin Wall just because of the Owen Hart tribute match. I'm going to give it a Tory Wilson. Yeah. Uh, That's about the same size. Do you really think they're about the same? Well, 5'7". Okay, well, then I know she's the same height as Ben Wall because Ben Wall's 5'8". 5'8", 5'9". Ben Wall's built at 5'11". <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a build height. Yeah. So a Tory Wilson, in honor of the women's movement. Yes. I will give it a Tory Wilson. And, and and remember, folks, bros before hoes. We learned that on this show today. Yeah, we, we learned that Billy Kidman is too busy having sex to help out his friends. So. In the shower. In the communal shower. There's yeah. other people who got a shower in there. I don't want to walk in a communal shower and have people fucking in there. You wouldn't join in? Because I know how you're into that kind of no, thing. No, I'm not joining <laughs> in. Showers, to me, are a place to get clean. They're not a place for orgies. <laughs> okay, we, we took this went really the wrong direction very quickly. Uh, Patrick, that so. was my pick for this week. And what a pick it was. Yes. It's now your turn to take us somewhere. So we're going to go about a year and a half into the future. This is this is, culminates culminates with uh, with the fact that Cornette has been served with a protection order by Vince Russo. The fact that this show is announcing that the very next week Russo is taking over and going to be in charge of WCW. So guess what, ladies and gentlemen, that time clock, that stopwatch, it's going to stop at March twenty sixth, two thousand one. In Panama City Beach, Florida, for spring breakout, for the very last WCW Nitro, or as they called it on the show, it was just the season finale. I mean, they thought it might come back, but uh, the series finale. <laughs> no, they. Well, it turned out to be the series finale. I mean, technically, it still could return. Never say never. Maybe we're just waiting for it to be. You, oh my God, I would love for it to come back. <laughs> Based on the episode we just watched and a lot of what I've just seen, don't let Russo or anyone with a brain without a brain get anywhere I, near it if it comes back. In all honesty, I do miss having two wrestling shows on Monday night. It made Monday nights fun. It made it made the guys actually have to go out there and work instead of scooting by on bullshit. And it gave me an option. Yeah. When it came to Oh, if I don't like what's going on on here, I can just change it over here and get the same. I can get wrestling, but a different, you know, maybe something better, you know. Oh, you've got Al Snow and Head on here, and you've got Goldberg over here. I think I'm going to watch Goldberg, and then I can switch back over. Yeah. Now I can't do that. Now I'm stuck watching Alicia Fox segments, and I have nowhere to turn. God, that's rough too, man. Well, three hours of it. All right. Hey, well, that's where we'll go. The final Nitro, the simulcast. Yes. Hey, the fate, the very fate of WCW is in my hands. 
the last Nitro next week. On the Retro Wrestling Podcast, I'm intern Alex. I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, bros before hoes, my closing <laughs> line's a clothesline. Bingo, bingo. Hey, Moses, where's my car, man? Right, space 22, man. 22. 22! Oh, man!